You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. Got a couple hours of sleep, you know, uh, sitting there, uh, laying in the bed like a little 12-year-old, spoiled, staring at the ceiling. You know what I mean, Tim? Um, so that's uh, that's kind of where we're at this morning, but got a chance to kind of digest uh, a little bit of what happened last night. Um, the big conversation we're going to hit on is that final drive. Just because you guys know on this show, we always want to talk about what happened, why did it happen, try to understand exactly what happened. We don't want to react in an emotional state and, and just start throwing, you know, false falsehoods out there like, okay, well, we're in prevent defense or, or we're playing, you know, we're playing too aggressive or whatever. It's why we always try to kind of curb our response immediately following the game because it's emotionally charged. And let's be honest, unless you guys are way better than me, I can't watch a TV copy one time through and understand exactly what happened. Right. So that's, that's what we're going to kind of dive into is that final drive. We're also going to talk about, you know, just some of the key plays in the game. Tim found his notes. So uh, he pulled them out of the fireplace. We're good to go. Uh, <laughs> so we got that going for us, but Tim, how are you doing this morning, bud? Hey, I'm doing good, man. I just, I was wondering, Hey, did you, uh, I was wondering if you knew I, I there's not a lot of information about this at all out there. Um, but did you know that Tommy DeVito DeVito is uh, Italian? Were you uh <laughs> is he you, really? were you made aware of that that he's he's Italian? I had no idea, man. You, I think you I, didn't know? Oh, okay. You kind of wish yeah. the TV broadcast would talk about that every I, <laughs> I, yeah, I wish they would have covered that a little more. Listen, when it comes to that, man, I gotta be real. I you know, uh, I was talking to Relax, I think is what he goes by on Twitter, which is funny. Um, he's in here sometimes, too. A uh, good supporter of the show. I talking to him. I'm like, I got to be real, man. I kind of enjoy, like, I enjoy the fact that the Giants fans are so passionate about that guy. It's a cool story. It is. And when you got so much Italian heritage and history wrapped up in Jersey and, and, and New York in, in itself, um, it's just kind of like that perfect fit, right? It would be like this. Imagine if we had a young quarterback who's overachieving, which he's kind of doing right now based off of where he, you know, should have been taken. Like last night he played good. You got to give credit where credit's due. Um, but this is their, imagine, uh, if you, imagine if you had someone in Wisconsin, Tim, that grew up in Appleton and his family have been fourth-generation farmers, right, dairy farmers, and he becomes the, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Everybody would be kind of leaning into that. I know I would, right, especially being a hit from Kentucky and Tennessee. But uh, 
I don't know. I just I think it's cool. Um, you're right though. They did kind of. It just got a little stale after yeah. a while, you know. The but age, I get it. I, I get it. It makes sense. You know, this is this is their Matt Flynn. You know, this is like, you know, we had that that wonderful year with Matt Flynn when when twelve went down, and we thought our season was over, and we went for one hell of a ride with uh, the old number ten at quarterback for us. Um, so yeah, you kind of get that vibe in New York here. You know, here comes this kid and. You know he's balling. You gotta you gotta give gotta give credit where credit's due. Um, I just thought that they uh, they turned that knob a little too far on on the uh, the whole. Hey, he's Italian. It's like yeah, did, we did get it. His, we get it. Okay. Agent? Did you see his agent, Tim? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god, bro, that blue like this dude's decked out like he's have a suit like that, man. Yeah, yeah. Back in your pimping days, right? Back in my pimping days, man. You know, <laughs> somebody uh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody posted a, a gif of uh, Dave Chappelle as uh, as remember the the player haters ball. What was his name? I can't remember his character. <laughs> Show him walking into. Oh, oh my god! god. And then someone else posted that. a gif of Kramer from Seinfeld when he was dressed up like a pimp. Remember him walking in with the cane? Yeah, yeah it was a good night for sure. But uh, <laughs> and with that being said, let's go to the chat. We got a full house in here. Appreciate you guys swinging through, getting up early with us, you guys and gals. Um, it's always tough after a loss, but that's what we do, man. We hop in here. We talk about what actually happened on the field, not what the hot takes are, and try to lean on each other to get a little bit better understanding of why a team won or lost, right? So Nick McSwain in the chat said LaFleur was heated at his presser. Also, so many people calling for everyone to be fired. I knew this would happen. Isn't it amazing? The last three weeks – well, it wasn't the last three weeks. You beat the Chargers, and it's like, yeah, we'll see what happens against the Lions. Then you beat the Lions, and it's, all right, we're back. You beat the Chiefs, and, hey, everybody is geniuses, right? Loves loves an MVP candidate, Matt LaFleur's coach of the year, all those things that we all talked about. They drop a tough one by two points on the road, and, uh, and it's fire all everyone. Fire everyone. Jordan Love isn't the guy. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's just, you know, as a fan, forget the podcast for a minute. As a fan, you know this stuff happens, but I wasn't on Twitter before I started doing the pod. So I only know, like, fans I interact with or maybe on Facebook or in groups like that, you know. And you could see the hot button. It's like, dang, man, these guys, they get emotional. Now that you're doing a pod and you're completely embedded into social media, especially Twitter, I'm just like, I'm blown away, man. Blown away at just how many people. The the thing that was discouraging for me last night was how many people seemed like they were actively rooting for this outcome. Like, I told you, see, this is what it is. And it's like, you, you're like, you're celebrating the Packers taking a step back. Like, you you don't even want to learn what happened. And that's cool. You know, if you don't, if you just want to watch the game and, and react to it, that's cool. But it's like, why are you so amped up about a team playing bad that you root for? I just don't understand it. Now they wasn't going, I'm glad they played bad, but you can just tell they're waiting. They're those people that are sitting there on Twitter going, God, I hope Barry screws this up <laughs> so I can tweet about it. You know, and just, it's just a weird way to fan. And again, who am I to tell anyone else how to fan? But, um, Tough loss, no doubt. That's what Romero says. Tough loss. Get better for Sunday. Go back. Go always. Yeah, I mean, we're still in the seventh seed, which is absolutely wild to me. But like Tim said, you know, you, you got to at least win nine, and even that might not be enough to get you in, although we are in the driver's seat right now, right? And one positive, or as Mike McCarthy would say, positive, is uh, 
that you kind of get that out of the way, right? Rather than you create momentum and then have this happen three games from now. So uh, um, it kind of is what it is, but you got to grow from it, no doubt. I understand why Lafleur was ticked off, and Lafleur was ticked off at himself too. He called himself out over that two point call, right? He didn't like the play call. By the way, if you guys go watch that again, they they had a they had a hat count on the left. The Giants just beat us. Like they beat the offensive line. They beat our blockers to the punch. But we did, it seemed like on the surface, I got to go look at the box cam, but it looked like we had the hat count. But there came a point where it was such a horizontal play that Jaden Reed's like, I just got to try to hammer this thing in. And you talk about a kid sacrificing his body, Tim. I mean, he's he's concussed today. There's no two ways about it. Um, he He just, with everything he had, hit that pile. And it knocked him out cold. Like, I love that dude, man. He, you could tell he just he he. You could see the moment that he made the decision. Like, well, crap, this is up to me. Here we go. Wham! And uh, it just wasn't enough. Don't like the play call, but again, if he gets in, we're not even talking about the play call. So, you know how it is. Um, how many times have we said that? Like, I only like shotgun from the two yard line. Here we run, and now we don't like the play call, right? So, yeah, go ahead. running running out of shotgun in, in a set like that. I know I don't like that. I like passing out of shotgun. I understand why you do it when you're when you're down in the goal line. You create a little more room to operate. But when you're running, like you know, we talked about this last night. You know, you're running laterally across the field. We need two freaking yards to get in the end zone. You know, it's it's just wasted motion. And you know, and as you can see, the Giants' defense wasn't fooled. They weren't they weren't buying that for one second. So. Yeah. You know, hopefully that's something Matt sees in the in the film room. Right. You know, Definitely. he probably wants that call back, to be honest. You know, or oh, maybe yeah. or, or maybe somebody else is the is the uh the hot on that play. Um yeah. I don't like using Jaden Reed as a as a power back sw- swinging around the edge with a with a blocker or two. I forgot who that was that missed his block on that play. Um I don't know if it was Toure or somebody was out there. We had two guys hit a block and then we had the third guy flew in there. And block nobody, and that's where Reed was trying to go. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. It's, it's tough, I, man. I do remember thinking though, we got the hat count, and yeah. like you said, it was just like they beat us, beat us to the day. It looked like they wanted it more. And that's not the dog, the players, or dog, the coaches, or anything. It's just like you got to tip your cap, man. They they rose to the occasion. It was New York prime time. All the all the family in town, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, you know, it's a little pressure on you, you know, when you got Big Tony and Uncle Paulie over there, and you know, with the, with the pot smacking the pot, looking at you like you go ahead and try. <laughs> yeah, I like it, man. Uh, Joyce with the super chat, Joyce, thank you so much. We appreciate you supporting the channel. You've uh, you've done way more than you should, and and we we really 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 appreciate it. It means the world to us. She says, "Love Packernet, total access." Uh, because you guys are level-headed and not spouting <laughs> poopy. We'll say poopy. <laughs> Joyce, you're, you're awesome again. Thank you for gifting memberships and all the stuff you do uh, for the channel. Uh, it, we, we really, really appreciate it. I don't have the words. I'm not good at that type of stuff. I just want you to know, please, please know we thank you from the bottom of our heart. Uh, Nick McSwain in the chat says, in the locker room after the game, Don Wicks uh, said, my ankle is effed. Could be missing Wicks, Reed, and Watson next Sunday. Cool. That's More a, good news rolling in bright and early in the morning, guys. Nick, appreciate you, bub. No, it's true, though. It's true. I mean, you think about it. Wicks, his ankle screwed up. It's he's, he's, He might be done for the season, which, by the way, is he not just phenomenal on the football field? Like, that dude, 
he does not play like a rookie. I, I expected him to be better than most rookies based off of Greg Cosell's breakdown of him. I didn't expect this. I don't even know if Greg Cosell expected this. But um, anyway, if we're missing him, Reed, you know, it, we've seen players like like Quay and, and others this year get diagnosed with a concussion and come back the same week, right? So I think there's a chance that Reed could play if it is only the concussion. But, I, you he's know, I, I know. chest injury, too. That's not – he's been kind of – Right, yeah. Think about that, too. He goes in with a chest injury and the game on the line. Look at how he – Yeah. Like – no, he don't I'm care. Telling, what a player, dude. What a player. win the game. Yeah. It's like Tucker Craft, too. Tucker Craft's lower in the boom every time he catches that ball in the flat. You yeah. want to come up and make a tackle, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you earn the tackle. Yeah. You know, you want so, to see that. Let's be negative for just a second. Let's assume all three of those are out next week. Who are your receiving core? Romeo Dobbs, um, Malik Heath. Hey, Malik Heath, uh Samori Torre, right? That's probably your starting three. Right in eleven personnel, and then you'll Bo go Melton. to Bo Melton yeah, call up incoming. Yeah, Bo Melton. Um, you might try to lean on twelve a little bit, you know, where you're mm-hmm. so banged up at the wide receiver position. But it's going to get interesting, man, for sure. But yeah, Nick, appreciate you pointing all that out, man. Uh, we're joking about you being negative. It, these are the things we want to talk about because hey, I completely overwick, overwick, completely overlooked Don Wicks <laughs> saying his ankle was f. So appreciate oh. you sharing that info. Um, Nick also said, I forgot how much Aikman hates the Packers. He was trash talking them all night. You know, I've always been one, Nick, that defended Aikman and Buck. You guys have heard me talk about on this pod. About halfway through the second quarter last night, I literally I, – I, I said out loud, man, Troy is trolling the hell out of the Packers right now. Like, it, it just felt like a troll job. Um, that's the first time I've ever felt like that. And there's going to be Packer fans go, welcome to the party, Clayton. Maybe I see it now. And, and it's not just because we lost. I think many times that that's why people have a sour taste in their mouth because the broadcasters are calling what's actually happening on the field. You're not happy about what's happening on the field. Therefore, it feels like they're picking on you. But it just seemed like every single controversial call or situation, Troy would lean toward a, a little giggle and point out why the Packers are bad or why the officials helped the Packers or did not help, did not uh, make the right call for the Giants. It was just strange. So – I got to agree with you on that, Nick, and that's the first time that I've ever said that about Troy and and uh, and Joe Buck, and and I know there's many Packer fans that, that agree with you there. Uh, Omer says, "Tell me, WTF runs on a two point conversion conversation? I think he meant conversion, Matt. Why do you run when your run game is absolutely abysmal? Too bad it wasn't first down, Matt. Not run then for for damn sure. Enough of Dylan under three again." Um, a lot to unpack there, Omer. <laughs> once we once we suffer through, but uh, Dylan had a, a bad game running the ball. But guys, this is nothing new. This has been the mo all year long. I don't think it has so much to do with Dylan to do the run blocking. It is what it is. We're one of the worst run blocking offensive lines in the entire league, and and it's why you get frustrated when some fans just say, "Oh no, we're great. We're a great offensive line because we pass block." Yes, they pass block. It, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about earlier in the year when. People would say, you know, fire fire Matt LaFleur's play calling's trash. And I'm like, it ain't that his play calling's trash all the time. He's calling a good passing game, a good passing scheme. The running scheme isn't good. And then when I talk to Mike Wall, Mike Wall says, Clayton, they can't, they can't run block anything. Like they can't run block inside zone. So that's I take that information, put it all in a melting pot, and okay, that 
kind of comes away. It's a bad block run blocking offensive line. It's a good pass blocking offensive line. Although I think we would agree they kind of broke down last night with that four man rush um, from time to time. Wink, uh, Wink changed it up. Wink Martindale is a great coordinator. You know, we talk about this too, Tim. Kind of went under the rug a little bit, under the radar, I should say. Uh, when you talk about coordinator versus coordinator, last night the coordinator matchup was Matt LaFleur versus Wink Martindale. Obviously, Matt LaFleur is the OC. Um, Stenovich just kind of claps and hangs out in the back and helps with the time management aspect, I'm sure. But Matt calls the plays. Matt designs the entire scheme, the whole nine yards. Wink Martindale has Matt's number, man. And that's a real thing in the NFL, Tim, like when, when a coordinator matches up well against another coordinator. He's just got his number. There's no two ways about it. So, um, you know, I, I don't like to try to pin the blame on one thing or the other. I think that's that's hot take for different podcasts. But if you had to say who is most at fault for this game and losing this game, it's this is probably the most difficult game to pick who's most at fault. That's how even it was across the board. And I know that's not a fun conversation or fun opinion, but I feel like that's the truth. I really do. Um, Let's see. Uh, Paul Robertson in the chat said, Titans were down 14 with three minutes left. Miami had uh, a comeback win. First team to do that since 2016. Crazy football night, yeah. And that defense has been really good, too. That defense has been good this year for Miami. Uh, Vic Fangio, remember everybody was screaming they wanted Vic Fangio, Tim? Last night he gave up 14 points in the last three minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. What have you done for me lately? Carly Ray says, I actually am really encouraged by a lot of the playing we saw. Yes, too many missed tackles. Yeah, DeVito, Slice, and Dice, but some good. Um, I think I would agree with that, Carly. There was some good coming out of this game. Uh, Paul Robertson says, no poise. Looked like they were intimidated by NYC on Monday night. Stage was too big. You know what that looked like, Paul? Looked like the youngest team in the league, didn't it? You know, and here's the thing, too. We drew that comparison from 1992 and Brett Favre's era, right, when he came in as a starter. That first year, they won nine games. The second year, they won nine games. The third year, they won nine games, right? First year, they missed the playoffs. Second year, they made the playoffs. Third year, they – or second year, they lost in the division round. Third year, they lost in the division, division round. And then the fourth year, they made it to the conference championship. The fifth year, they win the Super Bowl. So just to kind of draw a parallel, you know, um, we're on pace for that nine-win mark. Kind of cool. You know, it is what it is. Tim's over there like we still lost, Clayton. Shut up. And I get it, man. I understand. Well, <laughs> we got to win out now, Jair. Yeah. We got we to win out. Yeah, that's a bad look now, ain't it? <laughs> ain't it funny? Like, some people, oh, man, I like that confidence now. Watch them start to turn on him now. Yeah. You know? But Got to bounce back. Short week. Yeah. You know, we got, we got football at noon on Sunday. So, yeah, this team's got to get it together. And, uh, you know – 10, 10, 10 should get you in usually. But yeah. hell, the way this league's looking right now, the, it's strange, the, man. I don't know if 10 gets you in. 10 might not get you in. Um, and nine is debatable. So, you know, there's your L. We caught the L last night. You, you better be done losing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not, you drop another one here, boys and girls, and you can, we can get the Jim Mora clip back up, start <laughs> rolling that in heavy rotation. <laughs> No doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, Carly Ray says, I think Malik has a crazy magnetic attraction for the ball. He attacks the ball. I mean, there is no there is no two ways about it, man. Cheesehead Murph, like he said, Heath was amazing. That's one positive coming out of the game here, Tim. Your boy Malik Heath, man, game on the line. Caught two touchdown catches, you know, in what, less than 30 seconds. 
with the game on the line, I think we got one there. Um, hey, he, he is great at the catch point. Uh, a lot, uh, you know, him and Rome are probably our two best contested catch guys um, in this offense right now, honestly. Um, we saw some really good hands from from Tay Wicks, too, at times. Um, but, yeah, Malik Heath, what a what a monster. Um, this guy's going to have a bright future, and uh, I, I really do. I hope he's in Green Bay for the long haul. Um, and uh, here's a chance to step up now, right? We're, we're clearly going to be banged up again. Uh, coming home to play Tampa Bay. And uh, we could have another big, big contribution from uh, Malik Heath for sure. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Stephen Smith in the chat says it's one game. We are young in between injuries and our uh, offensive line was special team blunders. It was a good lesson. There's a lot of things you could take away from this game for sure, Stephen. Um, you know, somebody had tagged me on Twitter and said, look at all the first-round talent they have on defense. And I was like, they had four first-rounders on that defense last night, four. Uh, two of which were Rashawn Gary, his only stat, pretty much acknowledgeable stat, one quarterback hit, no sacks. Kenny Clark, zero quarterback hits. Those are two of the first-round picks. Another one is Devontae White, who plays in a rotational aspect, right, in and out of the lineup. And then the other one was uh, Darnell Savage, who graded out as the second-worst safety in the entire league last year. So, like, this whole assumption or, or just kind of this opinion that, man, they're loaded with first-round talent everywhere is just not true right now. They're banged up, and uh, Savage has not played like a first-round talent in three years. Some would argue ever, but I think he did play pretty good three years ago. Um, 
But, yeah, you're right about the – it's just one game, man. Paul Robertson said, as far as problems go, Dylan was down the list. Uh, loves the abysmal start, uh, set the tone early. It's like he has nerves and isn't comfy on the road yet. He played like a young quarterback, didn't he, Paul? I know it's his fourth year, but this is his first year starting. These are the things that you got to see him in real time. But one positive, positive I would say, is he uh, – the second half he settled down, right? And that's a good sign. That's a good sign that, hey, with the game on the line, he kind of hunkered down. It is we were waiting for that comeback too, right? We were waiting for the – We to, got to, it too, didn't we? And we got it. Yeah. So there, there is some hope and, and positivity here uh, as far as the development, you know, aspect goes. And, and not just of Jordan, but uh, of this young offense as a whole, I think. Uh, they, they stepped up and answered the, answered the bell there at the yeah. end, you know. But, um, yeah, it's just a tough loss when you're – when your D goes out and gets, you know, walked down the field like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see here. Steven Smith in the chat says, uh, youngin, we're just playing out of their youngins. We're just playing out of their britches, looking at records too much and, and listen to PFF and the media. Um, they, uh, they definitely a young team. I love that you said they're playing out of their britches, man. I feel like you live right down the street from me, Kevin King in the house. What's up, Kevin, man. Hope you can make a comeback. Kevin King says, <laughs> Man, I'm already arguing with people on Facebook. All I see on there is people blaming the defense, LOL. Three turnovers won't win games in the NFL. Shaking my head, the whole team lost the game. What you essentially have, Kevin, is you've got people that are that are embedded into two different camps. You've got the people that hated Aaron Rodgers. This isn't everyone, but there's two major camps that I'm noticing. The people who hated Aaron Rodgers, they love Jordan Love, and he can do no wrong, right? And – they tend to go to this is Joe Barry's fault and this defense's fault constantly. That's their go-to play. The other side, people who loved Aaron and don't necessarily want Jordan to pan out because they've dug their heels in on this was stupid to let Aaron walk, um, they're always going to try to blame it on Jordan, right? That's why you got to look at exactly what happened on the field. What you, you got to look at what caused the outcome of the game and then dig deeper and go, okay, play-by-play play what happened on the field, right? And we kind of did that for that last drive. I'm going to hit on it next, I promise. But the three turnovers is the big thing. They won the turnover differential plus one, right? And to the best of my knowledge, we won the middle eight. That is the makings for an absolutely close game down the stretch. And what it comes down to at the very end, we decided to go man coverage at the end. And I know people disagreed with me in the chat last night, and I tried to back off a bit to go, okay, I haven't watched it yet. I could be wrong, right? Watched it this morning, and we'll talk about it. Let me get through this chat real, real quick. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's just the three turnovers, that's the big thing, right? And that's where you got to really step back and say, okay, Jordan had a bad game. He threw an interception. He had a fumble. It is what it is. And the rest of the team didn't rise to the occasion to help him out. Like Omer says here, Mike was right. Carlson's uh, field goal would have won us the game last night. Yeah, yeah. But you, what do you expect him to hit all four? I'm not expecting a rookie kicker to, to, to have 100% kick percentage, guys. I'm just not doing it. Like, it's not a bold prediction to say a kicker is going to miss a kick. Like, if you were to tell me Carlson tried four field goals in this game and say, and you ask me, Clayton, you got to bet the farm. How many do you think he makes and misses? Three out of four would probably be the bet. May even go two out of four because it's a rookie quarter or a rookie kicker on the road in a windy condition at times, right? It's just not a bold it's just, it's I don't know. I just I don't mean to pile on. It's just a it's just a, a lazy way to kind of approach that. Let's let's pick the most obvious situation and try to say, okay, this is what's going to cost us the game. Um it didn't cost you the game. 
the the field you could say yeah that's the difference but you can also say playing man coverage on the final drive cost you the game you could also say Matt LaFleur's two point conversion call is the reason that you didn't get you know into the into the end zone to tie the game up and, and send it to overtime when they do kick the field goal you could also say that the two turnovers that Jordan Love have cost you the game you could say that some of the early drops cost the game you could say Jordan Love's inaccuracy cost you the game you could Keyshawn say the, right- with the, the double muff fumble on special teams handing them a tutter Right. Cost so you, you the game. I mean, there's a lot it, of places to point here. To just pin it on a on a kicker not hitting a hundred percent of his kicks and having a 75% success rate, it's just it's it's just a lazy argument, man. It is. And and again, maybe maybe lazy's too too strong of a word. I just don't like to I don't like to pin it on one person, you know. It's just not what football is, ultimate yeah. team sport. Um high plains drifter. That might be the coolest YouTube name we've seen in here yet. There I like you go. I just imagine him out there with his hands in his pockets in the high plains, just kind of, you know, sounds like a band though. Probably a good band too. He said, this is a good, Hey, look here. This is a good talk show. Hey, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for swinging through, bub. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you for the kind words. We just try to talk about what actually happened and not get too overly emotional. And we struggle with it. Somebody said on, on Twitter to me, like Clayton, I wish I could watch football as calm as you. I'm like, you have no idea. Boy, I was, <laughs> you don't see, scream you don't see it. Up. You kidding me? <laughs> Uh, Casey Knapp said, how did Ford only have three def- defensive snaps? Casey, why don't you write a letter to 1265 Lombardi and ask them why Rudy <laughs> only had three snaps? Because you guys know I'm the president of the Rudy Ford fan club. I don't know, man. It's strange. He he is graded out consistently as your better safety the last two years, and they just continue to go to Savage. And they like J.O. for his tackling ability, although if you go back and watch, he missed several tackles last night. Yep. Um, that's that's a tough one to defend. Is that Joe Barry's call? Is that Matt Lafleur's call? Is that Goody leaning on him, going, "Hey, look, I want Savage on the field." Um, I'm eager to see what Savage's grade is. I seen him miss a couple tackles, but I don't think there was anything crazy where I was like, "Ugh." Devondre Campbell. It looked like another bad game for me. I could be wrong, um, but uh, yeah, just uh, I'm trying to relive it in my mind. Everything happens so fast. I'm eager to get to the tape and do chalk talk this week for sure, just to completely understand everything. But yeah, Casey, find that out for us. Get somebody to answer the question why why Rudy Ford only had three snaps. It makes no sense. Uh, Red Mo says Josh Myers landed right on AJ's back early as well, but he has to play. Heard it a lot growing up. Quote: I don't have time to be hurt. That's right. And you can't make the club in the tub. That's what we always say here. That's an old Pat Kerwin quote. Um. All right, let's see what else we got. Before we get back to the chat, um, let's see. Yeah, yeah, okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's just do this. Let's hit on that final drive. So many people were saying they're playing prevent. You, If you type in Joe Barry prevent, it will be all over Twitter, okay? You, all you got to do is search Joe Barry prevent defense, and you'll see a number of tweets going, why are they playing prevent? For those of you who don't know, a prevent defense is when you put three people deep and you keep everything in front of you. Okay, you're basically playing three deep zone. It could be a uh, there could be a three deep man under prevent defense, or they could be a three deep uh, drop defense, which is basically zone drop. You're keeping everything in front of you. That's what a prevent defense is. Okay, so like Coach Lafleur said, many people exposing themselves, um, you know, on a on Twitter and in the media. These were the last seven plays. I went back and watched it this morning. Got up, got my cup of diesel, and said, "All right, let's go check this out." Um, oh, look at this. Oh, I got to hit this real quick. Number one Packer fan. Evidently, it's his birthday. So where are you at in here? I'm seeing where they – yeah, everybody's wishing him happy birthday. Happy birthday, man, number one Packer fan. 
Good stuff. See how they sneak in here? We don't even know. It. I wish that's one thing I wish we had. I wish on every YouTube member list it had their birthday listed. That way we could we could shout that out. But anyway, the last seven plays, this these were the play calls. This was the final drive. Okay. This was the Joe Barry has got a chance to close this thing out, right? So now I ain't singing to nobody, Carly. Oh my gosh. Mandy loves to do that though. Well, she when we're out with friends and stuff, if it's somebody's birthday, she's the one singing. Last seven plays. Seven on the, the very first play of the, uh, of the final drive. They had seven on the line of scrimmage. Listen to me, guys. Seven players on the line of scrimmage on the first play of that last drive, and they actually ran a what we call a linebacker scrape. They blitzed an inside linebacker, so you brung five on that play. You were single high man with seven on the line of scrimmage, but we played prevent defense. What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> are we watching the game? So we give up five yards there. Second play. We go country quarters, spot drop with a four-man rush. We gave up six yards. When you guys hear me say, I don't know, I wish we would just run the scheme, this is what I'm talking about. I would rather you play country quarters and make them nickel and dime you all the way down the field, keep them in bounds, right, keep the clock running, make them use their timeout, and force them to kick a long field goal. When you go to man coverage, you're going to give up more explosive plays or a higher percentage chance of explosive plays, and that's how they get way down in the field goal range. But let's stop for a second. Second play, country quarter spot drop, four-man rush. They got six yards. Third play, single high man, four-man rush. That's the play where Carrington Valentine was way off the ball. That's what people are seeing and going, This is pre- why are we running prevent defense? Why are we running prevent defense? It has been said about 20 times now, both by players like Jair Alexander and the coaching staff, that they give the defenders freedom to line up where they want to line up as far as depth off the ball. If you notice on the bottom of the screen on that final drive, you'll notice a corner is like three to five yards off the line of scrimmage, and up top someone's playing deep because they have the freedom to play where they want to play. Carrington Valentine chose in a situation where it was cover one man to play 10 yards off the ball. Now, let's go to Matt's presser when he was pissed off, right? What did he say? You just can't do that. Where they just run a hitch, get nine yards, and get out of bounds, you can't do that. People immediately take that as that's Joe Barry's fault. Let's hit timeout. If you as the head coach know that the defensive coordinator, and maybe even you yourself, you're the one who said it, are giving them freedom to play off the ball, who is he criticizing there? He's criticizing Carrington Valentine for playing too far off the ball, right? This is just – I'm not a smart man, but just kind of putting everything together. I know the popular thing is this is Joe Barry's fault. Now, here's the thing. As a defensive coordinator and as a head coach, why don't you man up and say, no, in this situation, I want y'all to play snug. But they didn't do that, right? So to me, it's there's enough blame to go around, right? Carrington shouldn't be playing that far off, and the coaches should be forcing him to play closer. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't be giving so much freedom and latitude to first-year players. In, in Seven-round pick. <laughs> Or, or maybe or maybe if that's the general disposition, you know, because of the scheme and what we're what we're trying to do out there and you want them to, to have that freedom, that's fine. But you're right. Situationally, mm-hmm. you know, you should be able to call in a hot word or, you know, a signal so, that just says, hey, we're 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 locking down or whatever we're doing. We're not we're not going to play or you can play off, but you got to cut it all in half. Right. So if you if you want if you were thinking, you know, 10 yards off, you need to be five yards off. Um, you know, but I don't know. We saw Keyshawn jump in the slot and press up and get roasted too. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it really would have mattered, but um, yeah, that was tough to watch for sure. 
Yeah. Redmo in the chat said, I think many members of this fan base just simply cannot handle the volatility of such an inexperienced team when the vets are playing down too. However, that's rough to watch at times. Very well said. I think that's very much it too. So even when that play where they're saying they're playing pretty well, oh, this this is what cost you the game. You gave up nine yards. Can you stop for a second? I love how every time we play a little bit of off coverage, it's prevent. Oh, uh, every time. It's every. automatically prevent. Like, do you know what prevent defense looks like? Like right. Again, they're just drawing like, on the on the X's and O's, Clayton. We'll show them what a prevent defense looks like. It's not it's not guys playing off the ball. I promise you. And they'll immediately respond with, "You know what I mean?" No, I don't. The yeah. corner on the bottom of the screen is playing five yards off. The corner at the top is playing ten yards off. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> this is it, it's like on the plays where one guy on the field is playing man coverage and everyone else is playing zone, and you know you damn sure know the call wasn't Meg man everywhere you go. Yeah, it's like. He, I think that guy made the mistake. I could be wrong, but yep. pretty sure he ran the wrong defense there. Anyway, so even with that, it was only nine yards. The very next play, single high man, four rush, one spy. So essentially you're playing a cover one drop where the linebacker typically drops into middle zone, right? So you're going cover one man one single high safety, everyone else across the board is man coverage. But instead of the drop, you've got a spy. Okay. You bitch and moan when Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito, when Tommy DeVito scrambles like Michael Vick on you. But then when you put a spy out there, it's why ain't we being more aggressive? <laughs> like that was the play there, right? On that play, cover one man. I'm going to say it again. Cover one man, man coverage, game on the line. You went man coverage. Nixon just literally gambles inside that, that his his target. By the way, he wasn't 10 yards off the ball, so we wasn't playing prevent on this play, I promise you. Um, whatever they're referring to as prevent. He bots inside, and the guy runs an out route. And originally, I almost said on the post game, I might have slipped up and said it, it looked like a wheel route because it was so fluid. He was so open. It looked like he kind of did a, a – uh, a up, out, and up, right? What we call a chair route. But what it was in real time, he he starts vertical. When he gets to his gets to the top of the stem of his route, Keyshawn bites inside. He runs the out, catches it, and Keyshawn just got absolutely obliterated. Guys, if you watch this show consistently, you've heard me say this over and over and over this year. The reason I don't like man coverage is because it leads to explosive plays. It can lead to great explosive plays, right? Where you where you sack the quarterback or you get an interception, right? But when when the play breaks down, you don't have, you know, seven other defenders staring at the quarterback and the ball. Your backs are turned to the ball, so it's on that one person in isolation, and that person is Keyshawn Nixon. Where would you rank Keyshawn Nixon as a corner in this league? That's the question I would ask people who want man coverage. I mean, I think Keyshawn played better against the Chiefs, like Tim pointed out. But to sit here and pretend like he's a great corner, let's look at the PFF grade. Keyshawn Nixon, 63.8. He's the 64th best corner in the league. Okay? You're, look, look at the corners and how they grade out. 54, 60, 64, and 76. And you're wanting to put them on islands playing man coverage. And look, who am I to say I'm right and you're wrong? But when, when the play – gets completely blown up for 32 yards and a chip shot field goal to win the game. Like, if you see it, you got to say it. 
you got to call that. You got to you got to talk about what's actually happening on the field and not just they're playing prevent defense. All of those people that were saying we were playing prevent defense was responding to one play where Carrington Valentine was playing ten yards off the line, and you could tell that's where he chose to line up, like a seventh round pick. Oh, by the way, same people that are quiet. If you come out press man and super aggressive and get lit up over the top for a 55 yard tutter up the sideline, they're quiet, right? We don't hear those people then. We don't, right. we don't hear the chatter then. So I don't know. I think you just, some of these people just want to be miserable. I think <laughs> you just can't make yeah. them happy. So to recap that final drop, you had seven plays. Of the seven plays, I think I got the tweet here. That way it'd be easier for me to remember. I tweeted it out earlier. Final seven plays of the game for the Packers. Six plays, they were in single high man. One play, they were in country quarters, spot drop. Four plays, we mugged seven at the line. Four of the seven plays, we had seven guys at the line of scrimmage, but we were playing prevent. One blitz, which was a linebacker scrape, and one play had a linebacker spot. Prevent defense was not called one single play. Man coverage equals explosive plays. Nixon guessed in on an out, and it equaled 32 yards and set up the game-winning field goal. I tweeted that out. Here you are defending Barry. Are you so stupid that you can't realize that I'm criticizing Joe Barry for the play call? The problem they have with that is they don't want to accept that because they're the same exact fans who for a year and a half now have been screaming, why don't we just play man coverage instead of playing this this quarters. It's tough, man. Shouldn't even give it any life anymore, but just wanted to point that put, out. Put Nick McSwain's comment up there. <laughs> oh, no. What did he do? What, what, what's the timestamp, Tim? Uh, it'd be 9.34 your time. All right, 9.34. You said Nick, right? Nick McSwain. Nick McSwain. Nick McSwain. And the chat is lit. Oh, Here we go. He said, "Is prevent defense in the room with us now?" Get <laughs> <laughs> the best oh. list. I was telling you. I'm glad we could get on here and laugh about it because, again, it, it, it it's kind of like the whole budget thing. People's people's finances are a wreck nowadays, and it's like they won't sit down and the second you sit down and budget, all the pressure comes off. It's like, oh, okay, there's where it's going. Let's fix this, right? Uh, I love that we can get in here and actually talk about what happens on the field. And that's why you watch our podcast. People are positive. We're learning as we go, right? We're understanding, all right, here's exactly what happened. You watch the other podcasts and they're just in there screaming and they look miserable. Um, I tuned into a, two, a few last night when I laid down and it was uh, it was comical, man. It was comical. Let's see what Omer said. Omer, uh, Omer says, Clayton is right. That is the D we wanted to play. You know, not everybody, Omer, um, but – the loud ones anyway. And when you point it out on Twitter, man, they uh, they do not like it. They don't like it when you walk up to the hornet's nest and just give it a little, just a little, they hate it. Um, but, again, probably I probably shouldn't do that as a podcast. I'm to the point now, though, where, guys, if someone's not interested in understanding exactly what happens in the game, I'm just going to mute them and move on. There's no – I don't want to have a conversation with people who don't want to understand exactly what's happening, Right. Um, not that I don't want to have a conversation with them. I don't want to argue with them. Like, there's no point. Like, you're not going to convince me that I am not seeing what I'm seeing on the field, and I'm not going to be able to convince you that there's more problems than just Joe Barry. And, again, I'm on the record for the hundredth time saying, if we can find a better D.C. than Joe Barry, I'm all about hiring. 
I've said it all year long. But y'all gonna... better shut your mouths when he comes in and runs quarters. <laughs> or not just that, but you, you know, you better shut your mouth when he comes in and plays predominantly man and they give up, you know, however many points, 30 some points like the Cowboys did a couple weeks ago. I'm just saying. That's true. Um, there's pros and cons to everything. Like, Every NFL defense has all the same calls in them. It's just what do you do the majority of the time? Do you remember what we said, though, pregame? This just hit me today, kind of off topic, but switching to the offensive side of the ball. Pregame and leading up to this game, we uncovered that they play single high man, middle field close a large majority of the time. And we said the way you combat that would be to take shots down the sideline. How many sideline shots did we see, Tim? Not a lot. I don't think – I don't remember seeing one. I could be wrong. Tell me the play where we took a deep shot 25, 30 yards down the field on a vertical route on the boundary. I can't think of one. Now, I could be overlooking it. If you guys remember, hit you know, hit us up in the chat and let us know because uh, it was uh, – I, I don't remember one. I don't remember one single play. But we're at the 41-minute mark. I was going to go through my notes. But I feel like we've hit on a lot. The chat was absolutely lit up. I, I love the fact that we have this many people come in here after a tough loss and just want to talk ball. It's just uh, it's a testament to how loyal you guys are as Packer fans. I love it, man. We got the best fan base in the world. Once you look over the few knuckleheads that, that get emotional, um, we really do. Um, let's see here. Carly asked it. Wasn't there one sideline shot they gave us on the replay? Um, on offense, Carly, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, probably. Trying to think. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was one. Okay. I was I, I'm looking forward to that on Sam Chalk in Chalk. the chat there. Sam Shaver. Yeah. Missed uh to Samari Toure. I remember that. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I do remember that. He just ran out of field. What wasn't that in the fourth quarter though? That was after Wicks left, right? I think it was. Yeah, so yeah. it was pretty late. So it, it it wasn't in the game plan, I guess is what I'm getting at. And we should touch on that too, though. I thought um a guy who hasn't seen a lot of action in well over a month uh, in Samari Turi. I thought he got called up and he answered the bell um, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Game. Oh, dude, Which when Love missed, him in the, Love missed him in the corner of the end zone, that one was it him? Yeah, he missed him in the corner. Yeah, he wanted that throwback. And that, yeah, there again, yeah. extra hitch, you know, let it go a second sooner and lead him. That's a touchdown. That ball's over the top. So, um, yeah, shout out to Samari Turi for uh, stepping up in a pinch, you know. And, and hey, there's a guy we didn't talk about. You know, we got a short week here. We've got uh, banged up receivers. We might get a heavy dose of uh, good old 83 Samari Toure here at Lambeau on Sunday. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, that guy could come out with a vengeance. You know, he he was leaned on a little bit early in the season and then, you know, mm -hmm. bounced down the depth chart rapidly. This guy could, could step up and be hungry here and uh, really give us some output here to close out the season. So keep your eye on uh, Samari Toure to step up here down the stretch. He's definitely going to get his opportunity. Yeah, he had two catches for 22 yards, had four targets. That long was 16. And, again, he should have had that touchdown, but Love just kind of overshot him. Again, you just see the inconsistency with the accuracy. He's been way better with his accuracy here of late. I'm hoping what this accuracy is, you know, we talk about improving, right? His accuracy early on was like this, and right. now you've seen it kind of – I'm hoping this is just a slight decrease, and then we're going right back up, you know. That would be great. But, uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's finish up in the chat here real quick, and we'll get out of here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Boz says misery loves company. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Omer says, uh, don't score touchdowns in a red zone like we didn't last night. You're going to lose. Uh, you need touchdowns, not field goals to win in this league. Very good points. Another angle that so true. Badger Trio, Paul, that dysfunction was always there to start 
the year the Bucks will be fine. Okay, must be talking about the the Buc- I don't know if he's talking about the Buccaneers or the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not sure, but um, Joyce says, "Hey guys, hit that like button." There's a herd of people in here right now. Do us a favor, hit the like button so other Packer fans can find this channel, find this content. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us here on this. Uh, it ain't a victory Tuesday, but um, at least we get to get in, come in here and talk about ball and uh, and try to figure out exactly what happened. Let's see here. Badger Trio says, I don't know if it's because of recent issues, but, man, NFL officiating has been god-awful all year and was last night. Yeah, there was one I have marked here. Um, as a matter of fact, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, yeah, here we go. It's Carly Ray. Carly Ray said, do you think that the first P.I. call on Valentine was valid? I didn't think it was, but Valentine called attention to it by throwing his hands out wide. Yeah, they kind of give themselves away. It's kind of like my dogs. You know, if I walk in the room and something's chewed up to him, i got two German Shepherd pups. I walk in, one's wagging their tail, and the other's in the corner like, <laughs> probably that one right there. <laughs> that's how that's how they always look. You know, you just when you make a play, you just need to celebrate and go back like, yeah, we did, you know, rather than going, oh, I didn't do anything, I didn't do anything. But to answer your question, Carly, there was contact by both players, right? And this is a, an easy cop-out, but it is what it is. The the offensive player, the receiver, and Carrington both engage. What's funny is if you go to my Twitter account, you'll see where I tweeted out a picture of still shot. The receiver grabs Carrington Valentine's face mask and pulls it down while Carrington is hitting him with his arm. And they call pass interference on the DB. Some some are saying it's a makeup call from last week against the Chiefs. Yeah, I'd Frank like said that. <laughs> Yeah. Who did? Or that was Buck. Joe Buck speculated on that. Right, right, yeah. Just yeah. Like, oh, and they boy. all laughed about, here, see, they got away with one last week. They didn't get away with this. And that's why I was going, boy, these guys feel like they're tried, uh, like there's, there's some trolling going on, right? <laughs> I, I'll say this about the officiating. You know, um, I can never remember a year of my life that we didn't complain about officiating. I mean, the, you're going to complain about bad officiating every year in this league. Um, it's not a secret. Um, I, I would be at the point, I think that's where I am right now. I'm at the point where it's like, let's just assume we're going to get, we're going to get screwed on some, and we're going to get a couple that go our way. And that's just how these games are going to go. Um, happens to all the teams in the league. Um, I don't think we should put too much emphasis on, a on the officiating. I mean, we just roasted Mahomes for that last, you know, in this last game here, I don't want to fall down that road. Um, we can talk about bad calls left, right, and up and down. They happen in every game multiple times. Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that road. You know, because we lost this game because we we didn't execute. Right. You know, we made we made a lot of mistakes, and you know, no no officiating crew is going to call a game one hundred percent accurate. I've always said the best ones are irrelevant in games. Uh, they let the guys play. They call the obvious stuff, procedural stuff, technical stuff. Um, you know, I don't like 15 minute conversations about, did he catch it or didn't he catch it when, you know, I got to, I got to tip my cup to, uh, Troy Aikman though, for calling, calling it dropping truth bombs on the, the, uh, national TV stream there last night saying, oh, yeah, that, he, well, we can see it in five seconds and it takes them five minutes. Yeah, he's going to gonna get fined for that. We'll never hear about it, but he's going to get fined for oh, that. Oh yeah, he will. And he won't <laughs> care. He'll, he'll just, you know, whatever, write the right. check. But, um. You know, that's the thing. I mean, I don't want to go down that road. I want to focus on, like you said, Clayton, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? What can we control? Um, You have to shake that off and move on. Bad calls are going to happen in every single game. They're going to happen to both teams. You know, I don't want to go down that dark hole of 
of the officiating. But yeah, clearly we had some <laughs> we had some bad calls last night for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Carly Ray says a good point earlier. Creed, I saw improved officiating as well. Glad they were letting things play out. I would rather them let it play out than throw a bunch of flags. There's nothing more frustrating, especially on the opening drive, than a bunch of flags flying. It's like, what are we doing here? Um, Kevin King with the obvious says the Tommy DeVito talk was getting on my nerves last night. <laughs> hey, you got a problem? You got hey, you got a problem? <laughs> oh man. All right. Tim, parting thoughts, man. Let's get out of here a little early. Uh, I'm going on about two hours of sleep and I gotta head into town here in a second. So uh gotta get the horse out of the stable, you know what I mean? And uh and oh, head yeah. down, get some feed. I'm just kidding. We're gonna go grab some food though for sure. <laughs> what do you got for me, Bob? Oh man, nothing. Short week. That's all. We got to have a short week and we got to have a short memory and not get not get too negative here. Um, we got to learn from this, move forward. We got a game Sunday. You know, today's Tuesday. There's a game Sunday at noon. It's a nooner. So uh, and it's another team that is not going to be a pushover and is not going to be intimidated, uh, intimidated at all coming up to uh, to Lambeau Field. So uh, we got to get it done. We got to focus forward. Um, right now we got to do our best to just be positive and, uh, learn from the mistakes that we made. I can tell you one thing, everybody on this team's going to own it. I don't see Keyshawn, uh, not owning the mistakes that he made. I don't see, um, you know, Matt LaFleur not owning the mistakes that he made. He knows he made some boneheaded play calls. He knows he didn't call a great game, you know? So I think it's accountability, uh, with our, with our team in this locker room. Uh, we look at film, we do our walkthroughs, we figure out, you know, how many more, how, how much longer the injury report is going to get this week and figure out who, who our call-ups are going to be and, you know, things like that. And we get ready for Sunday. It's all we can do, you know, not for long. The NFL is not for long. So, you know, you get humbled by a loss here, you got to shake it off. We got to get, we got to get ready and, and uh, win out here because uh, we're, we're going to need 10. I think we're going to need 10 wins to get in to the playoffs. So, yeah, 10, 10 will guarantee you in pretty much. Um, Gonna be gonna be interesting down the stretch. Again, we're gonna get some more puzzles, more pieces to the puzzle put in place here to see what this young team has got as far as the roster goes. Um, I'm wondering if Keyshawn's gonna be in the cards. I mean, as far as the future of the Packers. Right now, it's not looking good. Um, you know, underperformed. Obviously, when you muff a punt, you're supposed to be one of the best, if not the best, return guy in the game. That's a tough look. And he said it after the game. He played like crap, right? Nobody feels worse than Keyshawn does, no doubt about that. Paul Robertson says Clayton's going to put on a black suit like DeVito's agent and then bust some heads on Twitter. Nah, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. It is funny, though. The, the real tough ones that like to come at you and insult you, they never have the real name on Twitter. And I always ask, man, why Why don't you share your real name, man? It's really weird that you're uh, talking tough and you don't want to say who you actually are. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Carly Ray says, oh, I want to play the Giants again just to hear more of Tim's uh, Italian. I love accent. it. I like Italian. I love this. That's song. how we say it down here. <laughs> Give me some of that. Hey, forget about it, huh? <laughs> I love it. Uh, Omer says two Saturdays, uh, two Saturdays game key for us. Both the Lions and the Vikings play on Saturday. Um, I think what he's trying to say is uh, on Saturday the Vikings and the Lions both play. That's going to be key games. Absolutely, man. Um, still got a lot to play for. That's for sure. Just want to get in the playoffs, man. Get a little bit of playoff experience for this first for this young team. That's the goal, in my opinion. I don't think anybody's to the point where we're uh, thinking that they're competing for a Super Bowl by no stretch of the imagination, although you can never rule it out. Uh, you never know what can happen any given Sunday, man. That's why we love this sport. All right, guys, we're out of here. I want to give a special thanks. You guys showed up in force. 
Um, there were several uh, several super chats. I know Joyce, thank you so much for the super chat, Joyce. Thanks to everybody just in the chat in general. You guys absolutely rocked it out as always. So, um, Tim, I will be back tonight. PTA Live, as far as I'm concerned right now, is on the books. I'm going to try to go ahead and start putting Chalk Talk together. we got to get to it quick this week because, yep. uh, like I said, we play Sunday, right? There's a game coming up Sunday. So game coming up Sunday. Um, um, also, did we uh, get any uh, word from our, our winners? Our nothing yet. Winners? I haven't checked the email since I rolled out of bed and said, crap, i got to do Good Morning Lambo because Jennifer made me. And you know what's funny, Tim? I haven't seen Jennifer in the chat. <laughs> she's the reason we did this and she's not up. <laughs> I love it. We got duped. I love it. Um, no, nah, but yeah, it's uh Stinson won the autograph Robert Brooks Jersey. So shoot me an email Stinson. And then you have uh, the second place winner was no limit underscore coop. And then the third one was will W I O L. We'll have to match up those YouTube accounts with confirmation. So again, the winner is actually Stinson. If he doesn't come forward, the second choice would be no limit underscore coop. And the third would be will. So if you're one of those three, uh, shoot me an email Packers total access at gmail.com. So we can get, get your information. And once it's confirmed that the higher place winners don't come forward to get the prize, if they don't, if Stinson doesn't, then we'll give it to the next one in line. If that makes sense, we'll explain it to you in an email, but appreciate everybody. Like Jeff said, congratulations. Stinson Jeff actually just won our last Jersey. It's uh, going to be mailed out here in a day or two the autographed Dorsey Levens jersey. So uh, we're going to continue to do that. we got some other good ones in the box over there. Mandy's been spending my money getting us some good memorabilia so we can uh, we can continue to give you guys uh, uh, support as YouTube members, obviously. Jennifer's in the chat, Clayton. She, Is she really? <laughs> yeah, she's working, though. We're, don't get her fired. <laughs> oh, my bad. I'm sorry. At work. Look at her. I love it, dude. Chime in. I'm at work. All right. Hey, sorry, Jennifer. Hey, we did this for you. So appreciate you, sis. Uh, swinging through, and uh, yeah, everybody's like, she's at work, Clayton, you get her fired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. All right, we're out of here, guys. Appreciate y'all. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go back up.